The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high-quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or to view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu. So some of you have already started contacting me about project topics, and that's great. We already in fact we decided a couple of projects. Um, or decide a direction over email. So I encourage all of you to uh, start doing that. User interaction is a lot of fun. So you're welcome to do a project in that space. Um, but avoid the list of boring SCI topics that are presented in the class. Um, using some intelligent lighting. Um, this one is a lot of fun. I think if you can convert a um, the photo detector of a flatbed scanner and do something really clever with it because it's like a 2000 hertz camera with 4000 pixels. Um, so Matt is doing something with it. Ankit has a lot of experience uh, ripping open uh, flatbed scanners um, and uh, Masa is also playing with it. Um, think of some cool projects in that space. Uh, so tomography. I actually have a question for that. It's, it seems like almost everything you can do with a flatbed scanner has been done. Like I, really? I had some ideas, and people have done so much stuff. Okay. Is it possible? I mean, if the, if there is a project out there that we'd like to do, but it's already been done by somebody else, is it still possible to, to pursue it, or is it useless then? I hope by the end of the class, you'll always say people have done a lot of things, but they're very boring. I mean, there's always a little twist on it, but it's yeah. not like fundamentally... But what we'll do will be radically new, mm -hmm. right? Um, because we are combining hardware with computation. Uh, even on cell phone today, you can't buy, uh, you know, a simple app that will do panoramic stitching. It's mind-blowing mm. <laughs> because it requires some computation. Um, like all the apps I have downloaded so far don't allow me to do panoramic stitching. It's mind. It's just amazing. They charge you a couple of dollars for it. And people just don't do computation. People are really good at hardware hacking. Uh, you know, it's like that, I told you, there was the era of fixing cars, and there was the era of fixing building electronics, and now it's the era of computation. Um, so, um, yeah, I think you'll be able to find lots of cool things you can do by taking the hardware and applying new methods to it. But you know, send me send me your ideas, and we'll refine them. Uh, talk to Ankit, talk to other people who are here to help us, and uh, build things. Yeah, don't go with the flow. Don't follow the hype. Uh, tomography for internals. Uh, Doug was talk just talking to me. He's interested in thinking about thinking about that. Always a fun project. Um, Doug, who's going to talk next week, um, did this really cool project on, um, on um, um, you know, taking an array of lights, putting an object in the middle, capturing you know photos of that, and from that creating 3D models. Um, but uh, you can talk to Professor Mukaigawa, who's back there, and he's very interested in this kind of projects. Was this the pictures taken uh, from the front or from the back? Uh, the like pictures taken from the back. But, but there are cam cameras. In it's just one camera looking at, uh, let's see if there's a picture. Um, no. There's a camera that's looking at the screen, basically. 
But uh, it seems that there are several cameras, you know, say above and below the light source, right? No, these are all lights. There are no cameras. Uh, oh. That's also lights. Oh, also lights. Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, these are all lights. And we have this setup downstairs if anybody wants to play. And there's a single photo from that you can recover 3D models. But you can do this for tomographic reconstruction. Uh, Structurelight for 3D scanning is always a lot of fun. And in fact, Doug again uh, has all the notes on different ways you can scan objects in 3D. So you can just uh, uh, look that up. Um, uh, using uh, fluorescence for transparent material, you know, adding some objects. So think about you know scanning 3D objects. That's a lot of fun. Um, cameras using other spectrum, maybe a camera using Wi-Fi. So uh, maybe you saw this project called Wi-Fi Camera, um, where they're basically, in that case, they just took a tube, metallic tube, and put a Wi-Fi detector in it, and they just scanned the whole world by scanning it. Kind of a boring project, but fun. Um, but maybe you can just uh, create that as a lightfoot camera. That could be a lot of fun. Um, visible and thermal is uh, a lot of interesting things you can do with it. Mike might be able to give us some thermal cameras to play with, depending on how things go. Um, you can use uh, thermal IR and visible to do segmentation. For example, you know that glass is completely black, but invisible is not. Uh, and it, you know things look different in thermal versus visible. So you can combine the two to do something interesting. Um, thermal IR, your human face looks very different. So you can uh, do some interesting things there. Multispectral camera, uh, which we'll, today we'll talk a lot about uh, uh, color and wavelength and spectrum. Um, and we might be able to create cameras, you know, for example, that can distinguish camel from sand. And uh, I'm sure Michael has other other more motivating applications of distinguishing color. Uh, some other simple projects. Um, let's say you want to create a six-color camera. Uh, you can just take an ordinary RGB camera and put two filters in front of it. Filter one, take a photo. Filter two, take a photo. And from those two photographs, you can create possibly a different spectral response uh, camera. Um, this, will, this is a fun project also uh, to do. Um, polarization to see underwater or fog or freshness of skin or vegetables um, and so on. Um, you can convert ordinary camera into multispectral camera. So we're going to see this particular toy. You can buy for two dollars. Imagine if you can put something like this in front of your camera phone and convert your camera into multispectral camera. And Rourke is interested in doing that, so you can work with him. Um, Multi-flash camera, you're doing it for an assignment, but instead of one camera and four flashes, maybe you have multiple cameras and multiple flashes, or multiple cameras and cameras and one flash. You know, are there some interesting things you can do there? Um, Schlieren photography. Um, um, you know, you can look at thermal effects. We saw it earlier. Um, again, a lot of fun there. Let's see if there's an image. So creating this is a, I believe it's a soldering gun here, and you can uh, see the changes in temperature. 
So Mike, for example, is going to explore clear photography with thermal IR cameras. I thought that was just a great combination. Um, strobing and color strobing. You can do a lot of crazy things. You may have seen waterfalls. If you strobe the light just at the right rate, the waterfall becomes steady. And if you start strobing at a slightly uh, slower rate, the water actually starts going up. Right? Um, all kinds of interesting effects. And if you do color strobing, then the waterfall looks like it's a rainbow. And if you do the faster color strobing, the waterfall looks like it's moving up in a colored rainbow. Uh, all kinds of crazy things. We just had a SIGGRAPH paper on uh, looking at uh, vocal folds using using uh, like a microscope, um, using strobing. And uh, if you're interested in playing in this space, so we use compressive sensing with strobing. Uh, you can talk to Ashok or you can talk to me. Relatable photos, it's kind of a holy grail of computational photography. How can I take a photo and then change the lighting post-capture? So we saw the above X demos, your first assignment, but there's maybe there's something more you can do in that space. Um, Non-imaging sensor and combining that. So you know, combining a gyro or a GPS or online photo collections, lots of cool ideas there. Um, also some cool ideas in what if two cameras actually talk to each other. So Kevin has been explaining a little bit of that. Um, you know, if two cameras at the time of capture communicate with each other optically or some other mechanism, we can have more information there. Any questions on all these topics so far? Optics is just wide open. Light fields, cord exposure, cord aperture. Uh, again, Doug had this project on uh, placing interesting apertures in the in the uh, uh, apertures that are that have different colors and different uh, uh, shapes. So here's the traditional blur, but here the aperture is shaped eight. So all the highlights have a letter eight in it. Um, Bio-inspired vision, you know, trying to mimic some of the biological imaging, whether it's optics or sensing. Uh, we did a project where we used, uh, this is with Professor Hura, uh, using um, compound eyes. These are filled eye with multiple lenses here. But you can think of trying to imitate the biological vision of any creature. So mantis shrimp, for example, it's been the news it's always in the news because it uses polarization and, and mirrors. Maybe we can create a camera that mimics a shrimp or a lobster or a, or a scallop. Three of them have completely different mechanisms for sensing an image. So that will be cool. Um, you know, some some dreams, like how can I change zoom without moving parts? You can talk to Ankit about that. Um, what can you do if you're allowed to move sensor? while the photo is being taken. So Ankit had this project where uh, you can take a picture uh, with a, like a cell phone camera, very tiny aperture, but by shaking the sensor and the lens while taking the picture, you can create a shallower depth of field. So it starts behaving more like an SLR. So you know, how can you create a SLR-like image quality from a tiny aperture? This is achieved by using and a shift of uh, sensors. Um, 
and then uh, at C-cell they used uh, sensor motion for supporting uh, motion deploring. Uh, Time-lapse photos, always fun. Um, we saw this project where you can take um, a nighttime photo and, and convert that. Um, but there are many, many other groups that are doing uh, really fascinating work uh, with time-lapse. Um, uh, displays. So displays are definitely part of computational photography because after all these great photos we create, are we going to experience them or just on a flat 2D screen? Right. So maybe a, a, a display that's aware of temperature, aware of, you know, can you blow at the candle, blow at the LCD, shake aware, uh, going beyond what Matt did for his BIDAS screen. Um, you know, how can you convert a big screen LCD into a camera that does even more? Scientific imaging, uh, microscopy, um, so a new trend is that instead of trying to build a microscope, you can just take the sensor of uh, a camera and because the pixels are shrinking down to one micrometer now, they're approaching a resolution of a traditional microscope. So you can picture it directly on the sensor. You can just put an object directly on the sensor and shine light at it. And I can take a picture on the, on the flat sensor. First of all, it's very large area. It's very cheap, very fast, very simple optics. Um, so there are very interesting things you can do uh, in that space. So think about all the light field and all the lighting tricks we did and today we are learning about color. How can you combine that with microscopy? Because it's a completely new regime, doing microscopy without a lens. Microscopy using smarter lighting, um, confocal illumination, we'll, we'll study that next week, um, for looking at samples layer by layer. Um, and scattering free or scattering aware imaging. If you have a sample like that scatters light, how do you image without uh, the scattering effects? And then listeners, you should picture ideas. So we have a lot of ideas floating in the air. So you still have two, three days to um, propose your three ideas. They could be any one of these or, or something that you're thinking about on your own. Um, and talk to me or Professor Mukaigawa, Professor Oliveira, Ankit, and Ashok. He's not here, but um, and other people I mentioned here, like Roar, Ken, Doug, and, and others. Sounds good.